0: right, Carrie, you want to pray for our time in the Word? Yes.
1: Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have, Father, the freedom that we have to come and to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. I pray, God, that we would never take that for granted, Father, that we would make this a priority, Father, that we would make time of prayer priority, that we would make your time, Father, that you have given us as a fellowship, together, one another, hearing your Word, worshiping your name god a priority in our lives father i pray god that whatever we hear today father would be truth lord i pray god that it would move us forward lord god that we would hear that we would repent that we would adjust where is needed in our life god and that we would go forth god making your name famous lord i thank you god just that you are protecting this time father that there would be no distractions lord Father, for all those that would enter, God, and for those that are not here today, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just move upon their hearts, God, that there would be um, such a fall of righteousness come, and that we would hold that that cloak, that banner of Christ over us, God, and we thank you, God, that you are all things to all people, and we call you the ancient of days, the yes and amen, Father, in your name. Amen. Amen.
2: Praise
0: you, Lord Jesus. Father, that you are seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, that you would continue to reveal yourself to us, Father. God, that you would set us free. The are over. hey melissa can you hear us I'm
1: trying. hey melissa can you mute yourself we can hear you no oh, i'm sorry thank you sorry
0: so father we thank you lord god that father that we can gather lord and father that we could Set our hearts upon you, Father, and that we could come, Lord, expecting, Lord, to hear from the resurrected Christ. Father, we thank you that your word is the living word. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, nothing and no one can stop your word from going forth throughout this earth. Jesus, you are returning God, and I pray that as your people, as your church, Father, God, that we would be awakened to the urgency of the hour. God, that we would boldly go and tell others the good news, that the tomb is empty, that you are resurrected, that you have defeated sin and death. Good news of the gospel, the freedom that is found in Christ. The Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and to hear your word in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. So, application, sustained effort, hard work—from so the root word "apply" to give one's full attention to a task, to work hard—and as we've heard over the past eight months, going on nine soon. Mm-hmm. Applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. and a practical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. This promise that we have from the word of God. We know in and of ourselves, as believers, people who have been born again this new nature, it's nothing of our own doing. It's all of God. And we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God says that He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. It's God working in and through us. But as we're applying truth, the Bible tells us, and we've been reminded over and over and over, that how does He transform us by changing the way we think. So as you are applying truth, As you should be daily, throughout the day, moment by moment, as the Word of God says, taking every thought captive and bringing them into the obedience of His Lordship. And so as you're taking thoughts captive that are contrary to the truth of God's Word, you're applying the truth that you're receiving from God's Word. Now how then shall you live? Like one who's been delivered. Like one who has been with the resurrected Christ. Like one who has received what they need to live out this newness of life. Like one who has been born again of a new nature, of a new way of life. There is a way in which we are to live. The degree to which we study. Memorize and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. So again, if your time in God's Word is minimal, you barely have time for it, you're in and out of it, or even when you are sitting underneath the teaching of it, you're everywhere else but really in the presence of listening. If you're not given what you ought to be doing, your full attention... As it says here, from the root word, apply your full attention to work hard It's sustained effort. If you're just in and out, that's what your application is going to be, up and down. It's never going to be solidified. It's never going to become really who you are. And you're going to find yourself broken, miserable, oppressed. You're going to live a life contrary to what Christ has come to do for us. You mm-hmm. Ultimately, would will be making a mockery of Him. How sad. How sad to, to have the truth, to, to be around the truth, to hear the truth, and then choose not to obey the truth. Because again, truth for a Christian isn't a concept, truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. And so we're to be following Jesus, the call of a disciple, to deny yourself, to pick up your cross and to follow him. There's to be progression of moving forward, it's a progression of maturing, so that there's no turning back. I mean... Again, we've heard it over and over, but so when Jesus says, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for my kingdom. These are Jesus' words. This isn't a man's word. This isn't, you know, a church group got together and, and declared this to be. No, Jesus said this. There's nothing for us to look back to and so when the past is screaming at us, when our emotions, our insecurities, our old man, our old woman screaming at us, no, 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 you deal with it. And you deal with it as the Word of God tells us to deal with it. You know, we are to reckon ourselves dead, but alive in Christ. Again, the degree to which you study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which you will then begin to understand how to apply it. So if within these past eight months you are struggling with application of truth in your life, it's because you have not even given attention to truth. And this is the reality. And that alone should you know, allow the Holy Spirit to bring forth conviction in your life, to draw you to repentance and then to seek Him and to get up from where we've been. Because again, it's not about beating ourselves up. Oh, I'm a bad Christian. Oh, I can't do this right. I'm not like everyone else. Blah, blah, blah. That we turn it around and become so <laughs> self absorbed instead of spirit filled. Yeah. You have to be, you're, as a Christian, you have to be so self absorbed anymore. No, you have to be spirit filled. The Bible says to walk by the Spirit habitually, continually. It's not a a cakewalk. It's not a cakewalk. Jesus himself tells you, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. He tells us what we're going to have to endure. He's very clear with what's going on. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. He tells us through His Word what our days are going to look like and what the days will look like as we're getting closer to His return. But that doesn't mean we fret. That doesn't mean we run and hide. We tuck in our tails. We we sit in a corner. No, we're to be about our Father's business. There's work for us to do, the Bible says. Because the Word of God tells us that He's prepared good works for us to do even before He placed us in our mother's womb. He knows us. He's intimately acquainted with us. And that's why He pursues us. He calls us. He's pleased to reveal Himself to us. And while we keep shacking up and chaining ourselves back to what's behind us, keep going along with the mental struggles and the the insecurities and all the desires and all this other junk and this brokenness that we just allow ourselves it's not other people doing it to us it's not other people doing it to us it's us doing it to ourselves because we allow those people in our lives i'm so sick of tired of hearing people blame other people for their lives It's your choice. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Choose you this day whom you are going to allow in. Amen. Choose you this day. What's coming forth from your mouth? What you're allowing to rule with inside you. Choose you this day. Especially if you're a Christian you have all that you need, you just need to apply it. You just need to put your one take a step forward and then just keep moving. You know, over the years I've said don't take up camp in the valley. No, it's yet though I walk through the valley. And some of you are just taking up camp with people because they're choosing to stay stuck. They're choosing to continue to be enslaved to mental anguish and bondage. And you're so afraid because you don't know what's ahead for you. Well, if I leave that, then who am I? You're a child of God. Start believing that. That's for all of us. I mean, we think about application. Again, it says, but understanding the word applies is not enough, or how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is a final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of Scripture enforces and further enlightens our study, and it also serves to sharpen our discernment Helping us better distinguish between good and evil. Ultimately, that's why what we need. Especially in a day and age where the level of deception is rising like we've never seen it before. And even darkness is being exposed. Their lies are being delivered. They're being exposed. And people are still being lulled asleep fascinating, the time and the days in which we're living and then we're seeing. We can even see it in our own lives too. I mean, just think about it. What you're allowing yourself to be convinced of that you know good and well is not true. I keep telling you, there's people living in a a false sense of reality. It's not even real. But we've conjured it up to believe it. This is deception. These are deceiving. This is is the work of the enemy. And our flesh just eats it up. But yet that's not how a Christian is to be living. We're to be experiencing the fullness of what Christ came to do for us. And we have God in us via the Holy Spirit. And we just to be in obedience. Just walking it out as we're learning, as we're growing. Because <clears throat> this is who we are now. This is who we've trusted in. This is who took upon our punishment and placed upon us His righteousness. Amen. Like what God did for us. And then we want to make light of it. No, we can't do that. We can't continue to do that. We must grow. We must must obey so that our discernment is sharpening. That we're able to distinguish between good and evil. That we're able to walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. That we're able to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That we can truly begin to, to, to experience what Christ came to do for us. We're not waiting to get to heaven. No, we're to be about our Father's business now. We're to be the people of God, doing the will of God, for the glory of God. So, how have you done this week? How have you done being about your father's business? It's a a question you have to ask yourself. You have to have an honest self-assessment. You've got to be mature enough to be able to look and have an honest self-assessment. You have to be able to open up the Word to let this be your mirror. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to function as He's supposed to function within you. He's your teacher. He's your guide. Allow him to convict. It is his loving kindness that draws us to repentance. He's not being mean. It is his loving kindness. So when you think about your week, you think about your morning, how have you been the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. How have you been about your father's business? And if you haven't, there's something wrong with your Christianity. Something is seriously wrong. And we need to wake up, wake up, wake up, oh sleeper. Yes. People that need to hear the truth. And not only do they need to hear it, they need to see it lived out. They need to see a life that has been brought forth from death. Because that's what our lives were bound to, death. Apart from Christ, all we have is decay, death. Death, that's all it is. Jesus says that He's come to give us life and life in abundance. And not material abundance, yet though he gives it to you, it's still for him. But abundance, security, fullness, wholeness. Not living out of brokenness anymore. I mean, for goodness sakes, we all can go around the room and give our pity party stories how sad our lives are. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're to be focused on any longer. Mm -hmm. Because that old life is gone. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It has been swallowed up in the life of Christ. That's why we ought to be worshiping Him. We ought to be seeking Him daily as the deer pants for the water. So my soul... I mean, it's that need, it's that desire. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Have you been there? Are you there? How's your week been? How's your morning been? How are you just sitting here now going for you? This is the reality. The Christian life, and I keep saying this, is warfare. But it's a victorious life because He's already won. So we're not living in the natural realm and understanding warfare in the natural realm. No, we're learning to grow and experience what it means to walk out in war with a warfare mentality and the spiritual realm because Christ has already defeated Every enemy. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You can wake up secure today. No matter if everything else in your life is shaking. If everything else in your life is being stripped from your hands. You can arise this day and choose to serve Christ. Or you can serve your circumstances. I've been in the book of Job I'm like Jesus I mean come on you all we've got to stop looking for temporal temporal comforts to satisfy us we've got to start truly pursuing that which is eternal Christ and Christ alone Christ and Christ alone And that's how we're to be living. It's how we are to be engaging. So that others then can see the resurrected Christ in your life. Because you're to be his image bearer. It's not about you any longer, it's about him. You're not the same, something's different, something's changing. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you this? And why aren't you that? What's going on? It's Jesus. That's all you can offer people. It's Jesus. No, I'm not allowing that around me any longer. No, here's a standard that is set. No, here's the line that is drawn. You're not going to be comfortable doing that any longer. Because I'm not comfortable. If you choose to do it for yourself, then go enjoy it. I'm not coming down on you. But don't think that I want to keep running them up with you. And running in circles with you. And being exhausted because you want to remain exhausted. I mean, come on. I mean, to get up each day on purpose... Because you are purposed. <laughs> I mean, that alone, right there. Do you have any people who are suffering because they have no identity? They don't even know where they belong. The house and their family's a mess, the world's a mess, their desires are a mess, they're a mess. And yet, those are the ones that Jesus came for, as he did with us. I was a mess. And yet, Jesus, full of compassion, he says, I didn't come for the righteous, no, I came for the sick. Came to see the captive set free. Mm. Came to do the will of his father. And so, why we think that we can live opposite of how Christ lived and still claim to be his, God help us. You're talking about deception. You're talking about deception. I mean, just think about it. I mean, the religious people of the days of Jesus. They knew the scripture. They they knew the ways of God. They studied. And yet they were so far from God. And not even that. Jesus, God himself, looks at them and tells them, your father's the devil. Like, and And then the people that you are discipling, you're making them twice as much the son of hell. (laughs) Jesus' words. And we think we're just going to roll up out of bed and just call ourselves a Christian because poof, we prayed a little prayer. I mean, come on. We're making a mockery of Christ. No, the Bible said that a true believer who's been born again of the new nature, in the Spirit, (laughs) that they have the same power, the resurrected power, that rose Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power, the Bible says is within you, within me. And so with that truth, how are you applying <coughs> that? How are you dressing daily for battle? As Ephesians 6 tells us to. The helmet, the belt, the breastplate, the sandals, you know, the shield, the sword, all of it. What does each piece mean to you? What does it represent as you're putting it on? Have you ever gave thought to it? You ought to. It will encourage you to go about your day, living upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. You don't have to point your crooked finger at the loss and command them to know Christ. Or command them to live as if they know Christ. They don't know Christ. So you go forth, as Christ did, humbling himself among them, loving them, serving them, giving them the opportunity to come to know him. Not stiff arming people from the kingdom. And we're not demanding them to clean themselves up. I've been telling us over the years, the church, we've been doing it wrong. We're demanding people to be Christians. Mm. They don't want to be Christians. You didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't want to be a Christian. But we demand them. We expect the world to be Christ-like. No. We're not called to command the world to be Christians, Mm. to live as a Christian, to adopt Christian philosophy and manners. No, we're commanded to go forth and tell them about Jesus. We're trying to give them the kingdom before they know the King. can't give them the kingdom first. No, you have to share with them the good news of who our King is. And then it's through that that they come to the saving knowledge of Christ. They see their condition. They see their need for Him. And then they respond and they receive such great salvation through Christ. And then and only then are they then engrafted into the kingdom. Which then they then are discipled to become image bearers of their king now. This This is the way of the kingdom. This is the way of the kingdom. This is the way of the kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. This is after they come to the understanding of who the king is. They've accepted the king. You can't tell someone who's never accepted Jesus to seek after the kingdom and to live as if they're part of the kingdom. Because then they're going to try it in their own strength. And they're going to be miserable. And they're going to turn. And they're going to say, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Oh, there's a great number of people now apologizing because they used to share about the Christian faith, but now it didn't work for them. If it didn't work for me, it's not going to work for you. I'm sorry I ever told you anything. What kind of nonsense? Or what kind of day and age are we living? But yet yeah, we're told. So we're. Well, not to be surprised, but sometimes I look at it and I go, My God. Like, how are you dressing for battle? How are you understanding your identity if you're truly in Christ? How you're to be living now as a Christian. A whole new way of life. A whole new identity. You're learning. To deny it all for him. Because you've already laid it all down for him. So why are you trying to reach back for it? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Get up and go. Get up and move forward. Listen, if they don't want Jesus, then shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Mm -hmm. They have every right to continue to live how they want to live. But please, but please, but please... Don't be a stumbling block for them. No. You're to be a Christian. You're to be the image bearer of your king. Well, I us look at all these problems. Yes, yeah, so do all of us. But stop making your problems and your life your master and your king. Know your king. Rise up above where you've been and what you're doing. Allow the mental strongholds to be demolished. Begin to think afresh and anew. Listen, you all, I'm telling you. It's not because, oh, it's in the book and that's a good thing to say. No, no, no. (laughs) Like when you know, when, when you... Apply, when you begin to see the transformation and the freedom that comes, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Who, when the Word of God says, once you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good, I'm telling you, you're not going to, you're not going to turn back to vomit. See, once you experience freedom, it can chase you all you, at once. All that behind you. And even all that within you can still try to scream at you. Oh, but you've got a level of freedom now that you're like, yeah, no, you're crucified to his cross. There's, there's a way you begin to talk because I'm not trading my freedom for temporalness or for woundedness or for chaos in my heart and my mind Amen. because of decisions I chose to do. If I chose to make that decision back here that led to all of this, that I can get up today and make this decision that could alter all of that for the good. Yes. Not by my might, not by my power, but by Christ and Christ alone, by the Spirit of God in me. Because I'm a child of God. See, I don't know how you're talking to yourself.
3: Mm.
0: you got a lot of stuff clamoring for your attention out there you got a lot of stuff clamoring for your attention in here. <laughs> but if you're calling yourself a Christian, you've got to first know who he is and then who you are. What is your new identity? You've got to apply these truths, not just once, but every single day for the rest of your life. It's just who you are now. Amen. You've been Born again. You've been born again of a new nature. How do I live now? Like Christ. He's the example. We don't know what that looks like, so we have to learn. Just like as much energy and effort we put into all of this behind us, we have to put into the new. I don't have time to go there anymore. I don't have time for that foolishness. I don't have time for that chaos. I don't have time for all this woundedness. As much time as I've given to all of it. No, no, no. I'm going to pursue him with everything I've got. Why? Because he pursued me. So I'm not pursuing him to get him. Oh, I've got to be good for God. No, no. I'm pursuing him because I realize how he pursued me. He's great love towards me is great love towards you i'm telling you once you once it's you become aware of this oh god and i keep telling you you'll never understand the fullness and how great of a love that he has for you until you really understand the depths the depths of your rebellion towards him So this weird stuff that we do to try to gloss over our life, it's not a big deal. No, no, no. (laughs) It's a big deal. Because he says it is. He hates sin. He understands the depths of every broken sin. Choice and decision made out of brokenness to sin. He knows what comes forth from it. And yet he came to pay the price. Because you and I deserved his wrath. You and I. You see, that's the thing. And I, I don't know if you ever thought about this or not. I really don't. But Christianity is the only religion in the world. It's the only faith in the world that brings every, everybody every race, every tribe, every tongue and places them on the same level. <laughs> Sinners. Rebellion towards the living God. But God has made a way through his son Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his One and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So it doesn't matter what your flavor of sin is. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. It doesn't matter. If you truly repent, if you truly call upon the name of the Lord Jesus if you truly come to have a belief in the confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead, if you truly recognize the depths of your rebellion and the need for such great deliverance and love that only God can provide through Himself, man, I'm telling you, when you recognize that, when this becomes your truth, oh, oh, You may try to reach back, but it never will continue to satisfy you. You'll soon find out, no, that's not who I am any longer. You may try to do this and do that, but no, after a while, you're like, no, that's just not who I am. It just doesn't feel right any longer. You see, we're all at the same place, no matter where we've been. We're all in rebellion towards a holy God, but a holy God came to set the captives free. You no longer have to be rebellion in rebellion towards me mm-hmm. I've come for you I've come to deliver you this is the message that we share with people yeah. because this is how we're living now they ought to see a transformed life yes. I was once in rebellion to a holy God I'm no longer in rebellion towards him, well, I don't believe that That's what, you know what, you have every right because I didn't believe it either no. until I finally yielded my life to him because I saw the rebellion Man, didn't have to tell me. I mean, for God's sake, my whole life, the majority of my life, I heard how much God hated me. So in return, I hated God. (laughs) But man, I'm telling you, there's a way to minister to people, y'all. There's a way to live. Again, people have every right to live however they want outside the church i mean just go look at corinthians i know we all like in the church we like to say oh don't judge me (laughs) but in corinthians it tells you oh no (laughs) you don't judge the outside they already stand condemned but if you're on the inside oh no we are to judge you we are to look at the light to go oh no wait a minute that's unacceptable not in a mean malicious way to degrade and to destroy people but in a way to see people restored and healed because we're protecting each other from ourselves and from the evil one and from the influence of the world because you can't bring it in here can't bring it in here now if you're not saved if you're not calling yourself a christian and you're coming among the church. Well, praise be to God. Come, sit among because you're going to hear the truth. But then you're going to run into the standard in each of our lives, not because we're being mean to you. We're just living before you. We're loving you. Come here, here. See what it's like to be among the family of Christ. No need to feel uncomfortable. We were once where you were. We're not shaming you. We're not beating you down, but this is just the reality. The same message you're hearing is the same message I've heard. And I continue here. The only difference is I responded. You haven't yet. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, how we pray you do respond at some point. This living room has been used to sit with people from all walks of life. (laughs) From all walks of life. From every type of bondage you can possibly imagine. And I always encourage them. I always tell them, "Listen, you're not living up to my standards." I can only introduce you to Jesus, and then understand it's not Jesus that is stiff-arming you. It's not Jesus pushing you aside. No, you're you're here in the most broken part of your life, in the most depths of your rebellion towards him, and yet you're here sitting with one that he has delivered. He's working. He designed this. He orchestrated this. But if you choose to get up from here and to go about your way in your life, then understand, please leave with the knowledge. Do not ever say... That God has not revealed himself to you. Mm -hmm. That somehow God is the the one in error here. No, you realize that you're the one who will get up from here and say, he's not God. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remain in my rebellion. Mm -hmm. It's okay, that's your choice. He will still love you, but his love is not salvation. (laughs) Unless we keep getting that crazy teaching. That's why I tell them, they'll still love you, but understand, that doesn't mean you're saved. The only way for salvation to happen in your life is for you to repent, to accept Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to have a belief and a confession that He's the Son of God and He rose from the dead. Because in order for you to have that belief and confession, you have to know what He, why He had to endure what He had to endure to achieve what He achieved. (laughs) And to claim and to be known as His identity as the Son of God. Because of your wicked rebellion towards the throne of God. You see, there's a way to talk to people. We're not out there, again, demanding people to live for the kingdom, live for the kingdom. Ah! They don't even know the king. So I can sit with people of all walks. There's some that came to Christ, praise be to God. There's others who got up and said, no. I had a young man right there wrestling, wrestling. I saw it all in him. His phone kept buzzing, his phone kept buzzing because his boyfriend knew he was here. (laughs) And threatening him. I was like, Juan, you don't have to go back. God has already called you out. Don't turn now. He says, No. I'm not ready. (laughs) Okay, Juan. I watched him leave, go down the stairs. I said, oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. How many people do that every single day? At least make them realize it's their choice. You're still choosing rebellion. He's always available. Juan can turn and come to Christ today. So I told him, even after we met and he went downstairs, reached out to me, wanted to let him know. Man, I still love you, I still think about you, I still pray for you, but above all, Christ is still pursuing you. He doesn't leave us, you all. That's why he's a just God. That's why at the end, if you take your breath apart from him, you're the one who refused him. You're the one who said, no, I'm God, not you. You're the one who chose rebellion over surrender. That was your choice. It was your choice. I love when Jesus says after after He explains that for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life that God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world because the world is already condemned. No, he sent his son into the world to save the world. Oh, that would be what's driving our desires and our hearts. is to love the lost. To uphold the standards among the church. To be about our father's business. To apply truth to grow, and to mature as believers. Go to Romans 13, Scriptures. Hopes to encourage you to continue to apply the Word of God. Romans 13, verse 14. Actually, that's due 11 through 14. If you can update the notes for me, Carrie. Again, this is a letter to the church. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Could you imagine that was written then? How closer we are to the time running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. This is application. This is how you're to be living. This is what you're to be doing. And if you're unsure, then you need to get discipled. You need to grow. You need to understand. (laughs) So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. And look, put on the shining armor of right living. Of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living. Or in quarreling and jealousy. So instead of living like all of that. How do we live? Well look, verse 14. This is your application. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Do not let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. And listen, we've got to stop having our, our, our list. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bad, but this isn't. That's evil, but this isn't. Listen, listen, You can't continue to think about ways to indulge your evil desires. To manipulate, to control, to backbite, to gossip. We like to just look at the big sins. But you better look at everything within you. In and of yourself, everything about the old nature is in rebellion. And so now you're learning how not to live with a rebellion mindset towards a kingdom that is holy. You're learning to apply. And again, not because, oh, that's nice though, because it's, no, because that's just the reality. I mean, I've told you, I mean, you should know it for yourself but I can testify of how my mind was and how my mind could be if I chose to allow it to be. I can tell you about all of this craziness. You know, I've said before, sometimes when I talk about my past, it's it's like I remember it, but it's like talking about a dead person because that's what happened. That's what should happen for each of us. We're dead to it. I can remember. But I see who I am today and I'm like, wow, God. Yeah. I, could, I wouldn't have chose this for my life. No. Oh. But he chose me. He chose you. And when that's revealed to you, like, okay, God. And not because I'm forced, but it's just a sweet, beautiful surrender. Like, oh, God, I'm yours. I don't even know what that looks like or what that means. <laughs> but for the first time, God, oh, God, I'm yours. I don't need to find my worth, my identity in anyone else or anything else. God, I'm yours. What? I can live a life that out, out of wholeness and not out of brokenness. I don't know what that looks like because I can walk and I can move in brokenness. And I can choose that, but why would I continue to choose it? Listen, I was such a broken individual. I mean, we all can go tell our stories. So I don't stand and, and, and pretend like, oh, I've made it. And look, no, every day I have to get up. Every day I get up and I realize, no, I know who I belong to. Let me try to live a day and not, and, and not grasp that understanding. And I, I'll be a mess. Because <laughs> we're to abide in him. We are to remain in him. Why am I, why would I look elsewhere?
3: Mm.
0: I already know what all is back there. I know what all that had given me. It was chaos. It was brokenness. It was just feasting off of this and that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you see that your chair is pulled out of the table, that he's prepared for you, oh, you're going to take it. You're like, oh God, thank you. So when it says here, instead, instead of all of that way of living, clothe yourself. So I don't know if you're doing that daily, but that's what you're supposed to be doing daily, throughout the day, moment by moment. Because the enemy's not stopping because you're at work. The world system isn't stopping trying to lure you out because you're in church. Your flesh is not giving up just because you're sitting in prayer. You've got these forces... That the Bible tells us they are waging war for your soul. And you're just going to get up, I'm a Christian, and not put anything into practice. Not live it out, not live a life dependent upon the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't touch that, I shouldn't go there, I shouldn't keep living this way, I shouldn't keep making these decisions. Not because there's a list of rules and laws. No, because you're freed. That's the difference. The religious mindset sees it as rules and laws. But the Bible already tells us what the law does. It makes you sin even more. When you see your Christian life as law, when you see your Christian life as a weight of burdens, a list of do's and don'ts and this and that, and ooh, he's he's out to get you. (laughs) You're just going to keep doing bad. Oh, I'm telling you, when your eyes are open,
3: what?
0: And the level of freedom that comes forth because of Christ, not because of you. Because you realize, wait, what? All of that is in you. All of that is fulfilled in you. All of that, even even the wrath, even what I should receive, you've taken and now you've placed upon me your righteousness That I, now, when God looks down, doesn't see anything of my past. He just sees you. Like, what? And then I think I'm just going to get up and keep living the way I want to live? Oh, no, that's the sweet surrender. Oh, no, Jesus, I'm yours. But too many slaves want to remain slaves. I mean, it's even just the reality. When the slaves were set free in our country. Mm. You know, the majority of them, you know where they stayed? With the master. Yeah. Mm. That's all they knew. Mm. That's what slaves do. I mean, think about those who were who kidnapped. There's a term for it. Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. They endured the most horrific abuse. And yet somehow, mm-hmm. they love their yeah, they love their captors. We gotta stop loving our captors. We gotta stop staying with the master. Mm-hmm. We gotta stop returning back to all of that because it's not, you're free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And until you get a, a, a desire that only he can cultivate within you as you're pursuing him. I'm not settling for anything less. Oh, I may have my ups and downs, my lefts and rights, my stumbles, whatever, but I'm getting up. Because the Word of God says that, you know, I write to you so that you will not sin, but if you do, remember Jesus Christ. If you took it for me, then you'll take it for me now. You've done everything I need to live. Oh, I want to live, I want to live. So I don't know if you want to live. And this is from a man who wanted to die the majority of his life. It's crazy, because yet I was so afraid of death the majority of my life. I just wanted to die as a kid. So where does this new desire come to live? Not from this man, but from Christ. Because I've been born again. I truly have been born again of a new nature. Truly, you're living in a way that's honoring Christ, that's loving Christ. You're clothing yourself with the presence of Christ. Because when Christ is with you, you're not going to be easily swayed. Because the Bible says where does sin come from? It comes from the desires that are from within again it's no one else it's you it's you you're the one who's taking the shackles and the chains and placing them back on you because they feel more comfortable I mean even Israel they were set free and they missed the food that their captors were giving them what they thought was comfort Once they were free, they looked at their bondage as comfort. Well, it was better back there. Where? Where? Well, that's all we know. We just want to go back. Why'd you bring us out here to die? What? But we're no different. Just ask yourself, where have you been this week? Where have you been this morning? What have you been thinking upon? That's why I'm so passionate to really to encourage us to apply truth, to apply truth. Well, if I just apply a little, it's okay. God is still, you know, whatever, you know, I'm still in. (laughs) I can show you where it says it's best that you have never known, then to know and done nothing with it. If you're being a stumbling block for others, I don't care what little prayer you prayed, what you've done for Jesus. Do you understand you're going to give an account to Him? Not to me, not to anyone else. An account to Him. You can turn that down a little. The AC. I don't know if it's going to do anything different, but you can. But you're going to have to give an account to him. You're going to have to answer for that. So if you want to live your flippant life and just live however you want, and I'm a Christian, and you're making others stumble, you're making others say, yeah, no. So those are the people who ought to be saying they're sorry. And saying they're sorry, not trying to change the word of God to, to appease those that they're saying they're sorry to. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parents and grandparents and people in people's lives need to go back to people and say, I'm sorry, I represented Christ wrong to you. Yeah. Forgive me. Forgive me. I harmed you. I did not give you the correct image of Christ. I've repented to him. I'm repenting to you. I'm confessing it to you as I confessed it to him. I can't be held to it any longer. I'm freed from it. I'm just going to live my life now as unto Christ. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm just telling you all, I don't know how we're living. (coughs) Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Another scripture to encourage us. Mm -hmm. Continue to apply the word of God. Ephesians 5, verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So as people of light. Once you were full of darkness. You say, oh, but I still have this and I still have that and I still react this way, and I still do all that. Okay, 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 okay. But the reality is, is now you're a child of light, so you have to ask yourself, why do you keep doing those things? And then again, it's not beating yourself up on oh, bad Christian blah blah blah. No, no no, it's just the reality. There's now that's where you put into practice, application, sustained effort, hard work, applied truth, applied truth, applied truth, applied truth. I once acted that way. I once did this way. I once used to allow myself to go here. I used to allow myself to think these thoughts, run my mouth, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then as I gave my life to the Lord and the Holy Spirit had full reign, and still has full reign in me, he's able to come because I see it not now as as, oh, he's, he's a bad God trying to keep me away. No, no, I see correction. I see repentance is, is an expression of his love because that's what the word of God says. It's because of his love that he draws us to repentance. So I'm not going to be in rebellion towards that. Oh, God. Well, Lord, I don't know any other way, so show me. Let's get in the word. Just get in the word. Got to get creative. Got to get the word. Got to get the word. Got to get the word. So when those things, those moments, those opportunities come up, no, you begin to push back with the word. You begin to take those thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of His Lordship. He makes a way out of every temptation. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. But He makes a way out of every temptation. Oh, I just had to say what I had to say. No, you didn't. Shut your mouth. Mm. Why does your opinion count? Because you're so self-absorbed. Why do you have to respond? Be quiet. Why are you adding fuel to the fire? Walk away. But you don't know what they've done to me. And you obviously don't know what you've done to them. Because it takes more than one. Oh, what would I have done to them? Just allowing yourself to remain (laughs) with them. (laughs) This is the reality. I can look back over my life. Before Christ, I'm like, man, if I would have known. Lord, thank you. Thank you for sparing my life. And at the right time, God, I... You know, I would respond, but man, I can look back and I can, I don't have to look at it as broken. I can see what I experienced, but I'm like, oh, that's, that slammed those doors shut. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I know. I mean, for God's sakes, I was in a relationship where I was physically beaten. We'd have to get up and go to work bruised. How only one person that knew really what was going on. Your grandmother. (laughs) We were friends back then. Running them up. She had her own issues, I had my issues. But we were there, we saw each other through. We didn't know how we were going to get out of the situations we were in. I lost everything within me because of that relationship. But when I came to Christ, <laughs> I would refuse to be a victim. I refuse to be a victim any longer to allow my mind to remind me of my of the abuse. And the hell that I had to endure. the dark places that I went. Many times in my life. Being raped violently. I could sit and ponder on all that for the rest of my life. And I can choose to react. But when I came to Christ? No. I'm no longer a victim. Because I'm a new creation. This new creation has never experienced any of that that's behind me. And that's not some psycho mumbo jumbo. That's the reality of what Christ does
2: in our lives.
0: To the depths of our being. If we will just freely surrender. Mm -hmm. I don't see the Christian life as burdensome of rules and laws. It's freedom, you all. Because when you really truly understand the condition in which you were before Christ... And it wasn't because of everything that happened to me. It's because of my choice and my rebellion, the nature I was born into. I didn't choose for all that to happen to me, but some of the choices I've made led me along the path to run into it. Because I refused to hear the one that was calling me this way this way so this is the message of freedom this is what we have to go forth from this place and share with others to so look at other captives and not and not chew them up and spit them out and make them feel whatever no but they can see that there's freedom there's hope his name is jesus His name is Jesus. And you may have heard of him and his people under his name. They have done whatever. But I'm here to tell you because of his great love. Our paths cross for such a time as this. That you would truly come to know the one who truly is who he is. The resurrected one. You know, listen. I've had my own issues in church too. Lord knows if I, if I looked at what people in the church have done to me I could choose to be a wounded individual oh come on God da, 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 da. have all these whatever but God disciplined me he corrected me years ago did they save you or did I? Whoa. no it's not the pastor, it's not the women it's not the men, it's not them, it's, it's you look at me son look at me son
3: Oh. Now go back.
0: Isn't that beautiful? He delivers us and then he, he prints us right back into the world. Wouldn't it be easier, God, if you would just poof take me to heaven as soon as I surrendered? That's not his plan. Come on, we gotta know our God. We gotta know our God. You were meant for this generation. You were meant for now. To be the light, to be his to be his image bearer. To go forth with his hands and his feet. For God's sakes, he prayed for us. Don't take him from the world. Because I'm sending him into the world. But Jesus, I'm so broken. I still got all these problems. He knows. but he says, Rob, this is what you once had. Now you have all of me. I mean you, my son. I've got you. Oh, and there's a lot of wolves out there. And oh, Rob, they're going to hate you. <laughs> and oh, Rob, you're going to have to endure this and you're going to have to endure that. And oh, Rob, there's going to be seasons of this and seasons of that. But there's one thing that's going to be consistent, my son. What's oh, that, Jesus? Me. Oh, I'm with you until the very end. And I'm protecting you by the name in which I've been given. Yes. You see, I don't know how you're talking to yourself. I don't know how you live in your Christian life. But this weird stuff that we're doing in churches, I guess it's, it's, it's killing people. The devil's running the church, keeping people in bondage, enslaved. They still with the master.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> we need to go forth and tell them, "You're free. <laughs> free, you're free. Leave, <laughs> Run! That's the best place to start. Because if you did go, it's still about you. <laughs> yeah. You've done manipulated. You've done whatever you need to do. No, you didn't give it to Jesus. And you said, well, you seem really flipping about that. You don't know my life. No, no, no. I don't need to know your life. Christ knows your life. Yeah. I didn't know where I was going. Heck, I don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. Just my testimony alone can get me in jail. Just my testimony alone can get me fired from a ministry. Just me living my life and what I do and how I live could just throw me out into the streets. I could lose everything tomorrow. No other company's going to hire me. But if I'm not all of that to rule me, right. Lord Jesus, I said, God, for such a time as this, you know, I look at my, you know, Sky Matthew on Facebook. You know, he enters a little singing contest over in his side of the world, gets known. All of a sudden, he talks to help, you know, the press are pressing him on his testimony. He says, Well, you know, I'm a Christian. Oh, they dug in his past, but, but you were in the gay lifestyle. Oh, yeah, God delivered me. He begins to have this platform, and they've arrested him. <laughs> I go, Lord, mercy. When I think about the pastor and his wife over in Mexico that we were praying for last week. And they're advancing the kingdom of God, house churches and a movement of God moving and their their house is being burnt down. They're being beaten. They're being threatened that their their two young girls are going to be taken from them and sex trafficked. Would you understand what people are enduring throughout this earth for the cause of Christ? Christ hasn't neglected them. Christ hasn't forgot them. Christ called them. Yes. And Christ will not forsake them. Christ is with them. Consider it joy, my brethren. Mm-hmm. And we want a sugary gospel. <laughs> Make my life better. Pay my rent. Pay, pay this. I need a boyfriend. I need a husband. I need a wife. I, you know, I need this and I need that. And we all need all of this. <coughs> and this is what we're looking towards Jesus to do. Listen, y'all, Jesus came to do so much more.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, he will provide. He will heal. He will give you the strength to endure. He will allow different seasons in order to mature you and to grow you so you can let go of what you keep trying to have define you. You say, I still have this and I still have that. Well, get ready. You're about to go through because it's going to be loose from you. But let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Because the more that you're clinging for what's behind you, as I said earlier, what the Bible says, Jesus says, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for my kingdom. It's all for him, you all. Seek first the kingdom of God. And you want uh, something else to be peddled out to you. Oh no! This is an urgent hour. These are serious days. <laughs> we need to be the people of God. Yeah. I wanted to read. So, you know, for months I was talking about dust. We're all dust. Everything's going back to dust. Don't clean the dust. And then, you know, the Lord took me in my quiet time to the resurrection. To He's a resurrected Christ. And so I've been meditating upon the resurrected Christ. For some time and I've been sharing with you. And now he has been a season about our identity in Christ. And so I want to start sharing with you and kind of encouraging you to know ultimately who Christ is first. And then through Christ, who you are now. Your new identity. Because if you don't know, you're just going to keep going back there. As you think, so you go. As you think, that's why guarding your thoughts. Why do you think in this day and age, this right here, this mind (laughs) is in more chaos in individuals than ever before? Because he's returning. You can destroy people if you can get into their minds. And the enemy knows that. The world system knows that. Your very own flesh Knows it. That's why I say, the majority of people, really, really, the enemy's not even, he's like, oh, I'm not even bothered. They're not a threat. The world system is like, uh, not, they're not even a threat. Why? Because our own flesh is mastering us. And we can't gain the victory at that level. Because again, there's a people who are living And they're in church. I'm not calling them Christians. They're in church. Going through the motions like we heard last week. If you didn't hear last week's sermon, go listen to it. And they're living in this warped weird reality with this thought, this concept of a salvation that really isn't salvation at all. But yet they believed. And no matter how many times you try to encourage them, to hold them to the standard of Christ, they refuse. Because to them, I'm saved. I'm saved. Saved. And yet, there's no fruit. There's not even a, a little formation of fruit for me.
3: What is that all about?
0: It's deception. I've always told you when it comes to the flesh, And and living in a weird reality that's not really even reality, but you've made it reality. And so you believe your own lies. And then I've always encouraged you, it's not that you're pulling it off to everyone else. It's that you've pulled it off on you. (laughs) Listen, I've been there before Christ. And when God really started, I'd tell him the healing that can come through you, through Christ. <laughs> and I was like, man, I did that to myself? <laughs> I believed that. Everyone else believed it. But the sad thing is, is I believed it. Like I, pulled, I thought I was pulling the wool over everyone else. Oh, I did it to myself. And there's people sitting in church doing that. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's crazy. You know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting a change. That's the definition of insanity. There's a lot of insane people sitting in churches. Their mind is enslaved to insanity. The same thing over and over and over, and expecting a different outcome. Do you know how much faith that takes? But if you really want faith, (laughs) then understand the true faith. (laughs) The faith that you should have in Christ and what He's accomplished for you. That you, through Christ, can live differently now. And you can have the freedom in Christ to know Christ. I have all the resources I need now to live life. But... I may not understand how to apply all of it all at once. And that's okay. Because this process of sanctification, this process of maturing and growing, you see, God has not held anything back from us. We just need to go forward and start receiving and applying so that we can start experiencing The fullness of what He has for us and what He's called us to do in such a time as this. I mean, truly, do you know Him? Are you in Christ? Do you know your identity in Christ? Are you seeking Christ daily? Are you honoring Christ daily? Are you at the end of your day allowing the Holy Spirit going, oh, full rain. Search me, oh God. Cuss me, oh God. Is there any wicked way within me? I mean, do you know him? You can allow him to minister to you and to grow you and to mature you. Rob, in order to work that out. See, I, I've learned already. Because there's been many seasons in my Christian life. God, please, God, please take this from me. God, please, please, please. Oh, God, God, hurry up with this. Hurry up with this, God. Cry it out, cry it out, cry it out. And God steps in, disciplines me, and says, What are you doing? Oh god, I just want you to take it. Oh god I just wanna just please hurry this up oh my god ah. Rob this is for your good How can this be for my good? I'm dying the weight of it's crushing me Do you realize what you've just said? Something that's contrary to my truth, Rob What? <laughs> I'll not put on you more than you can bear. Yet though you're pressed in on every side, you will not be crushed. Mm -hmm. What? In order to mature you and to grow you, to be freed from what's back there, you've got to endure this. You have to go through it. So I've learned my prayer is no longer, God, get me out of it. God, do it quickly. God, ah, ah." no, no. My prayer now is God. Until I have all I need to mature in this area of my life, see me through it. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on any lesson. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. I wouldn't design this for myself. But God, you're the author of life. And I'm in your hands. So I'm not going to even give the enemy credit. Because nothing gets by you. Nothing gets by you, God. God. So if you're using this, 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 that, this, this, or that to bring something out in me, oh, I can see it in your word that what the enemy intends for harm, God, you will turn it around for the good. And then ultimately, it's just not even really for your good or for my good. Because as you're maturing and as you're growing, boom! Some captive will walk in front of you. And the Holy Spirit says, Speak. And if you didn't mature to what you needed to mature, how are you going to talk to another captive and let them know there's freedom? I mean, these are even times when I was going through, and all of a sudden, I'm counseling people, and they're right where I'm at. And in my head, I'm like, Well, God, I'm not, I'm not truly free. I'm like, but God, God said, No, no, no. It's not about that, Rob. Just be vulnerable and transparent what I'm doing in you. Because now I've got two of you. It's like iron sharpening iron. Don't you dare pretend that you gained freedom where there's not freedom. Okay, Lord. Right where you're at. And live your life. See, the process of growing, of sanctification, of, of maturing, of allowing all that he has for us, we're not, it's not complete until we're with him, but until then, enjoy it, you all. Stop trying to live up to the measurements of people. Your standard is Christ, and he'll work through you what's needed to work through you so you can die to what's behind you that has held you captive and gave you a mindset contrary his truth Mm. so that's what I'm saying some of us we're trying to attack devils, some of us are trying to attack the world system and we don't even have we don't have ground with our own flesh you know as one minister used to say you're out there trying to fight devils but you can't even wash a sink full of dishes (laughs) got no discipline in your own life out there trying to do all this stuff. Exhausting ourselves. I'm telling y'all now, take each day and enjoy right where you're at. That's why you don't have to compare yourselves to people in the church. I just have their anointing. Oh, look how they pray. Well, Look how they serve. Why do they always get to do things? What about me? Why can't I? All this weird stuff that happens in churches.
3: Said God. Just
0: let Christ be Christ. I'm telling you the level of freedom that comes from it. And so when we come together as the church, we're not jealous over each other. We're not fighting for position. No, we're linking arms. We're doing as the Word of God says. We ought to be trying to outserve each other. Not trying to devour each other so we can take people's positions or to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Just, God, this is what you came to do. Just want to live for Jesus, you all. Just Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So I want you to hear this devotional. Short. Carrie's going to have it in the notes. I already gave it to her. And I, I want you to go back this week because, man, when I saw this this week, I was like, God, this is so good. What? It was published back in 1890. <laughs> Acres of Diamonds is the title of it. It's by Russell Crowe, the founder of Temple University. Tells the tale of a prosperous Persian farmer who became discontent when he heard that diamonds could make him rich beyond his wildest dreams. Selling everything, he traveled the world only to die in poverty. The man who bought his farm later found a diamond mine on the very land. (laughs) Untold wealth had been right under the old farmer's nose. Like that ancient farmer, Believer's can miss the vast wealth they have already are sitting on. Paul says that God has blessed us in the heavenly realms, listen to this, with every spiritual blessing in Christ, and praise that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people. So there's no need to compare ourselves with others. We are already wealthy beyond our wildest dreams in Christ. I'm telling you all, I can't encourage you all enough in that to know Christ, to love Christ, to be known by Christ, ultimately, and to be loved. By Christ. Do you understand Christ, the Son of God? Who He is, why He came? The hope that we have in Him. This is great news, you all. This is great news that we ought to be sharing first with ourselves and then with others. Stop doing what we're doing, making all this weird stuff. Just walk in wholeness and healing and freedom. want to all these problems cuz I hear that so many times from people. Okay. <laughs> but you have Christ. And every time you say, "But I have this and I have that and I have this and I have that," that has become your Christ. That is who's that's what's lording over you. That is your master. Get your eyes off that and get them on Christ. And again, I'm not saying it because I've been theologically pumped up with seminary training and all this other knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge. No, no. My beginning years, was just me and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And praise be to God, I finally found a church. I was able to grow in and get discipled in and serve
3: in. application
0: you've transform your life because that's what he promises look at everyone he called I think about the woman at the well I mean of all the people ultimately I want to see Jesus I mean I just want to get there and be like oh ah! But once the feast is over, you know, and we're all now just in heaven, you know the first person I'm going to go look for? (laughs) I want to meet her. Man, you inspire me. What kind of, what? She was broken. She had a reputation. She was a loose woman. Other women now had nothing to do with her. Men just used her and abused her. Goodness sake, she couldn't even go with the other women to get the water in the cool of the day. She had to walk by herself. As the city folk looked upon her, <clears throat>
3: whispering behind her back, whore, slut, Jezebel. Just talking about her.
2: Shame upon
0: her as she's walking to the well. That was her life. Coming back. Do you understand what that does? Some of you do. But do you understand what that does to your self-worth? Do
2: you understand what that
0: does to you? Trauma, the hurt. And then one day, this man says to her, Can you give me a drink?
2: And he was there just for her.
3: What?
0: I don't know how, I don't know the image of what people have of Jesus. I know the one I had of him before Christ. But when I see him for truly who he is, he's, he's waiting for her. He knows everything about her. She's a Samaritan woman. On top of that. Half-breed. The Jews were so prejudiced against the Samaritan. Dogs. lowest of the low you're a Jewish man speaking to me? If you knew the water that I had to give you, you'll never thirst again. If we can have this spiritual conversation, all of a sudden, everything's beginning to be exposed. Go get your husband. Man, I'm with this, not my husband. You said right. Then it says that Jesus began to tell her everything about her life. And yet, when Jesus was speaking truth about her life, it didn't come across as shame and guilt and condemnation. He was setting her free. He was unraveling it. Because there's going to come a day and the time is now that people will worship me in spirit and in truth. Well, I know when the Messiah comes. I am he. Do you understand? She was the first one he ever told. I am he. And all of it unraveled in her life. And for the first time, and I told you, I don't know, but I can only visualize because I know what it is to be in bondage to shame and to guilt and to condemnation and just feeling no of self-worth. And you kind of walk with a, oh. I said, for the first time, I could see her all of a sudden standing up. Like, what? what? And what does she do? She runs back to the town that everyone knows her of her old nature. And do you realize what she says to them? So I don't know what you do with Scripture when you read it. It's not just a little good story. These things are there to pierce you to the depths of your being. And it may hurt, but when it draws out of you, there's a healing that comes. If you know the woman of the well story, you know what she says to them. She didn't condemn them for thinking bad things against her, as some people do. No, 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 no. Listen, listen everyone, listen everyone. You've got to come hear this man that just told me that everything about me. Do you know the town folk? What? Come, hear him. I could see the joy. I could see the liberation. I could see the freedom. I could see her countenance uplifted, probably for the first time in years. Her circumstances haven't changed yet. But guess what? She changed. And the town folk went. And then at the end, they say, there was a huge revival in the Samaritan town. And it ends, and the people of the town, and Jesus stayed with them. Unlike the Jewish towns where they were chasing him out. Get out of here, you devil. These people looked and said, we believe, not because you've told us, but because we have been with Jesus. Amen. I mean, come on. Come on, man. So these scriptures, huh, I'm just going to end with these three scriptures. I'm just going to keep being obedient in my times of study as the Lord is leading me. I'm not just going to try to keep us here to try to get through things. We'll pick back up on prophecy and walking through hopefully next week. But I'm so determined to, to raise up what we need to hear and, and, hopes, and hopes that it'll impact your life to get up from where you've been. Or maybe you're walking in the fullness of Christ. Maybe you're walking upright and, and you know, but then fine, take what you're hearing and I'll even sharpen you even more. So wherever you're at, because like I said on Friday night, we're all at different steps, at different phases in this new life. And that's totally okay. Just keep growing. When it's not okay is when you stop growing. That's when we have to look and say something's like, wrong. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's wrong? Why are you doing that? I'm not doing because we're mean. Oh, there's a mean church. Not because we understand. Like we would hope you would do it for us. But we're all at different places. Just keep moving. Just keep growing. Just keep going forward. You're not alone. Ultimately, you have Christ, but you have a body of Christ around you, a family of Christ, that's going to love you right where you're at as you're loving them right where they're at. So stop being so bitter and nasty towards people in this fellowship. <laughs> God Almighty. Love each other. We all come from extreme backgrounds. <laughs> all different places. So give over yourselves. And just start loving as you're being loved by Christ. What they're not loving me. Well, guess what? He must want you to love first. I mean, for God's sakes, I don't know what we're doing. I really don't. I say, Lord Jesus. And not just our church, but just in the church in and of itself. I do the majority of my time counseling people outside of this. I tell them, have you gone to your pastor? Have you talked to the church? oh you oh why is, you don't know that. I said, well then you gotta I don't know what you're there for then. Great. Well because my mama went there. Well, okay, well it's chaos what's happening. I'm not, I'm not we're not having we're not having chaos. And if chaos comes, we'll deal with it. Head on. <laughs> not because Rob, Rob gotta live up to Rob, gotta live up to Rob. That just shows how foolish you are when you even say that. (laughs) Christ is the standard. Christ is the standard. It's the same, it's a level playing field for all of us. No matter where we're at in our growth and in our walk. So we're not pointing our crooked little finger to anyone. That's why you can invite anyone off the streets in here. Oh, you ought to come here. You ought to come see this family. You ought to come see a place where Christ is just raised. Ain't putting on a show for you. Ain't forcing you to give, though you ought to be giving. When collection time is available, the jar's out. You ought to be putting something in.
2: But we're just learning. We're just
0: growing. We're just doing life. And do you know how many people are looking for this? And you ought to be out there sharing. Sharing, inviting them, taking some of the cards, writing your number down, I'm available, you need anything. Hey, you just want, even if you just want to come to church, even if you just want to come eat lunch. Oh, that feels like, a- no, don't worry about it, it's totally fine. It's a whole, it's a whole way of living, it's just a life. What, why we've created it what it is out there. <laughs> it's beyond my understanding. I, mean, I know why, because it's been that way since the beginning. The enemy wants in. Christ came. Christ is the standard. So, three identities I need you to grasp and run with this week, you all. Like, just don't, just don't hear these and then just go your way. <laughs> like, how has these truths impacted you? Really short scriptures. You can write them out. Start memorizing them. Boy, when I started, I used to take my marker and my bathroom mirror. Right? Yep. Lord, when I lived in Yvette, I had scriptures all over her house. Jesus. Sometimes <laughs> you've got to do what you got to do. Keep scriptures in my pocket. Now I can keep them on my phone. For goodness sake, i got a voicemail that I messaged myself. All scriptures on warfare, because there's times when, man, that things just come boom, boom, and you don't know. <coughs> I said, "Oh, but," boom, play. All of a sudden, I begin to hear my voice read scriptures. It's scriptures, just scriptures being read. Oh, before you know it, I'm preaching myself happy. Oh, Lord, I'm getting on my feet. What? Yes. Oh, I remember. So I don't know how you, I don't know what we're doing with the Christian life.
1: Why we're allowing it to be what it's not?
0: I mean we gotta get in involved. My god we're we're meant for today Get out there and live I don't know everything I don't know everything But what do we do know? Jesus Jesus Romans eight 15 through 16. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about identity. Romans 8, verse 15 through 16. Your new identity in Christ is as a child of God. And that's important. There it is, my eyes are. All right, Romans 8, 15 to 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Come on. Instead, you you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now call him, now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins us, joins with our spirit to affirm, listen to that, to affirm that we are God's children. Now here's the importance when we go into these identities of, of, of who we are in Christ. Listen, they don't belong to you if you're not in Christ. So if you're truly not in Christ, you can, you can mantra these all day long. So the first step is to know that you are in Christ. Well, how do I know I'm in Christ? Well, have you repented? Have you recognized that everything about your old self is rebellion towards him? Everything. 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 To the core of your very being, you are in rebellion towards him. You hate him that is that natural tendency. Everything with you. Well, I'm not, a, I was not a bad person. Oh, well then you're really not understanding. No, 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 you are. Well, I didn't do the, all the extreme, it doesn't matter. It's just the very nature of itself in you. And then you repent. You recognize. And then you receive. You understand what, what God did through Christ. That's why if you haven't gone through this book that we're going through on Friday night, we can go through it together. Or you can pair up with someone and go through it. You've got to understand the transaction that took place because of Christ. And what you have available now to you as a believer but once you're in Christ, once you've accepted, you have a belief and a confession that Jesus is the son of God and he rose from the dead. And again, you become you come to that place with the first acknowledging that you are a sinner, that you are in rebellion towards him. You repent, you humble yourself. Then you freely receive nothing of your works, nothing of anything, but all what Christ has done. And then And then the Bible says that you are then born again of this new nature. And you receive the Spirit of God. Secured until the day of redemption. And now this process begins. And now that you are firmly secured in Christ, these identities are who you are now. So my security is in Christ. You see, the thing with these identities is I'm not trying to be good enough to have them. Because I can't. They're only available because of what Christ accomplished for me. Now I'm in Christ. Again, your ultimate position, identity as a believer, all through the New Testament, it tells you your position in Christ. In Christ, you're seated with Christ. This is your position. This is what you're living out of now. This is the mindset. This is the change of heart. It's how you're going forth. And so then you can then look at these scriptures. This is my identity. So when all this other stuff comes running into screaming or trying you, oh, look at what you can hold firm to. So I have not received a spirit that makes me a fearful slave because I'm personalizing it now. I don't know if you personalize scripture and pray scripture, but you ought to. Instead, I received God's spirit when he adopted me as his own son. Now, I can call him Abba, Father. For the spirit joined with me to affirm that I am a child of God. Man. Take out with you this week. I won't even charge you for it. Go to Psalms 107. <laughs> Psalm 107. Verse 2. Oh, goodness. Hear this one. This is your new identity if you're in Christ. Redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I don't know how we, if we are redeemed from the hand of the enemy... We keep conjuring up that he's greater than our God. I told you. I'm sharing the past couple of weeks with you. I used to do street ministry and I was with those Satanists. I just began to know them. I used to be able to get, just connect with them. I used to go three o'clock in the diner. Wait for them to come in from their conjuring up stuff. Doing whatever. Having my cheeseburger, my fries, and my chocolate malt. Just waiting for him. Oh, there he is. They would come, sit around, ah, I wasn't intimidated by him. But like I told you, I said to them, so you all serve Satan, right? That, that, he's your master? Yeah, yeah, we serve Satan. And they would go into all this stuff. And I would listen. And I would say to them, well, now they've just got a question for you. They knew I was a Christian. They knew I was a street evangelist. And they would always tell me, you're not like the others. so I was able to engage with them. So I, then I looked at them and I asked them, okay, with the knowledge that you have of, of your master, answer me this, who created him? And they all, how that looked like? I mean, they knew Satan was to overthrow the throne of God. God created. And so I said to them, I said, so I just want to let you know. You can continue to serve the lesser power. But why would you want to continue to serve the lesser power when the greater power is being made known to you? You see, the God that I serve created the one you're serving. That's so why I'm not intimidated by you all. Sure you, can, sure, you may do whatever. Jump me, beat me, kill me, whatever. You only have access to this f- flesh, this physical body. But there's nothing you can chant, do, conjure up, whatever, to affect and attack my soul. That's why I'm not afraid of you. That's why I can sit here and enjoy a cheeseburger and fries. I am afraid. You know, them religious people in that town would see, what's that man doing with them people? I used to go and hang out with the prostitutes. See, sometimes we've got to get beyond where we've been and just start saying, God, we just want to be open. What are we going to be afraid of? It doesn't mean you don't have wisdom and discernment. It doesn't mean you just go to go. You know you're led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because of this identity right here. Number two, number two, you are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And it just can't be like, oh, amen, amen, then you get up and you go out and then you're slayed by him all week long. Because you give in to perversion, you give in to strife, you give in to jealousy, you give in to this, you give in to that. How the heck are you living out that identity that you're redeemed when you're whoring up with him? I mean, for God's sakes, Listen, listen. Psalms 107, verse 2. Has the Lord redeemed you? I love how it opens up with a question. Yes. And then speak out, the psalmist says. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies.
3: Man.
0: Number two. Here's the last one. Colossians. We're wrapping up. Colossians. Oh, my Bible's all ripped up. Oh, mercy. Hold on. Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. You ready for this one? Your identity in Christ. So, we've heard, number one, you're a child of God. Number two, you've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Here's a third one you could take this week. You are forgiven. doesn't matter what people want to throw up. And it doesn't matter what you want to throw up to yourself. I've always told you the greatest place to stand and to speak the word of God over you is in front of the mirror. Because you're your own worst enemy. You're conjuring things up about yourself and keep repeating things about yourself over and over and over. And you're not getting anywhere. Because poor you, poor you, poor you, your poor pathetic life. And you say, well, Pastor, you're just harsh. No, that's not harsh. That's just reality. You understand the damage you're doing to yourself. And then on top of that, then what you're doing to others. But I love Jesus. How? Live as one who is forgiven. do you understand the beauty of that identity alone? You have been forgiven forgiven it's the account of all and everything you've done and were is gone it's gone i don't believe that well too bad you'll never find freedom in christ because it tells us tells us do you understand what the message you have to go out and share people don't hear this out there Sometimes I'm sharing, sometimes when I've gone out and I've shared elsewhere, or I've been invited to go speak at different places, or if I'm one-on-one with people who've been Christians for quite some time, I hear this a lot. I've never heard that before. And listen, and listen, yes they have. I'm not the first one. I, it's, not my, it's not my word. They've heard others. They just didn't want listening. They weren't listening. There was no application. So it's all foreign. It's all foreign. What? What? It ought not to be foreign to those sitting amongst us. Because you hear it. That's like I'm a broken record. Day after day, hour after hour, year after year, Sunday after Sunday. I don't know if they have anything new. No, what not? It's like what like, that one pastor said we watched. He said, David still defeats Goliath. <laughs> Everything's the same. Nothing's shame. It's the same message. Christ. It's all for Christ. But You are forgiven. And that alone should impact your life. Colossians 1, verse 13 through 14. For he who, Christ, has rescued us, oh my God, from the kingdom of darkness and transformed. So he just didn't rescue us and put us to the side on the bench. No, he snatched us out And then he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Through Christ we have been rescued. Through Christ we are forgiven. And again, it can't just be words that we hear. Like what are you going to do with what you've heard today as you get up and you go out? And you face what you have to face and you have to deal with what's all woo hoo up in here. <laughs> oh, how I've been praying for all of us that we would truly awaken, awake, 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 awake and say, God, it's just Jesus. God, I just keep transforming me to be more Christ-like. Well, there's that area. It's okay because, yeah, deal with it, God. Deal with it, God. Deal with it, God. I got nothing to hide deal with it God that's why I keep telling you transparency is the key to freedom first with God and then with others I don't have to be bound you don't have to be bound in shame and guilt and condemnation if you're truly in Christ and if you're not in Christ then I don't know why you would get up from this place and pretend you are (laughs) insanity no humble yourself repent repent God, I'm sorry. I just want to be more like Jesus. I'm going to receive this free gift that you've given me. Look at what you've done for me. I didn't deserve it. But God, I thank you that you love me. I can't earn it. I can just receive it. And then on top of that, God, that you will work through me to produce what you have purposed and created within me, even before you placed me in my mother's womb. God, I just want to let it all out then. I don't want to settle. Like, no, all that you have,
3: whatever that looks like, God,
0: I just want to serve you, Lord, as you send me back out into a world that's broken, busted, and disgusted, to be a voice in the wilderness saying, here's the way to freedom. Here's the way to life. His name is Jesus. You all. I'm gonna close us with the song, and then I'll close us in prayer. Thank you.
3: my own truth, do whatever makes me feel good, get rid of boundaries, the rules are stifling, chase good feelings, soon will be gone, but I found myself more lost than ever, enslaved and bound to my desires. And that's not for you Holy Spirit Be more like Jesus Every day I live More like Jesus Crucify My flesh with yours So my new life Might be secure Everything I do Done so I can honor you Resurrect me Sanctify me Know those God who.